Welcome to the Root and Rise podcast. I'm your host, Brianne, and today we have a very special guest, Emily Hardy. She's not only the host of the Worthy Mother podcast, but also a certified motherhood support practitioner and a dear friend of mine. Our paths first crossed when I had the privilege of being a guest on her podcast, where we had a deep conversation about motherhood after trauma. If you haven't listened to that episode, don't worry. I'll link it in the show notes for your convenience. I was so drawn to Emily's unique approach to life and her podcast that I just had to have her on as a guest on my show. Today, we are tackling a topic close to many mothers' hearts, mom guilt. Emily will share her personal framework, offering insights on how to overcome these nagging feelings of guilt that often accompany motherhood. In this episode, we'll explore self-awareness and self-acceptance in motherhood. We'll discuss honoring your emotions, intuition, and most importantly, yourself in your motherhood journey. We'll dive into visualizing your future self in motherhood and owning your unique motherhood journey. We'll explore nurturing and mothering yourself to overcome mom guilt, along with thought management techniques and the power of vulnerability and community in motherhood. So without further ado, let's dive into this enlightening conversation with Emily Hardy as we delve into motherhood, self-discovery, and the journey to overcome mom guilt. So the framework follows the acronym SHINE, which I love. I, you know, the goal is to kind of shine outside of yourself and just know that like you're this like worthy being that Mm -hmm. can exist and take up space and things like that. So the self-awareness, self-acceptance is our S. Within self-awareness, I like to think of it as like, the self in the context Mm -hmm. of life right Mm -hmm. we have to build that foundation of understanding where we're at understanding the world we exist in understanding like there's a lot of factors Mm -hmm. that contribute to how we're feeling in any given moment how we're reacting in any given moment Um, and a lot of that is like our internal factors right Mm -hmm. being aware of how we are reacting but knowing that that exists in a context, in our immediate context, but also in like a greater context, even like historical context yeah. of like what it means to be a woman and what it means to have been raised by the last 10 generations of women. Mm-hmm. And like, it, there's a, there's so much, there's so deep. many angles. It gets mm-hmm. so deep. And so knowing like self-awareness has to include awareness of the context, whether we know all of the context that's affecting us or not, we have to be so aware mm-hmm. that there is so much context that does influence us. And the awareness is a process too. Just being aware that you have generational trauma doesn't mean that you're aware of every experience. Like we said, we are all our own individuals who have lives outside of our parents. Yeah. We can't expect to know everything our parents experienced or their parents mm-hmm. and how it's all trickled down. Yeah. But being aware that it exists and it can be impacted like the thing that comes to mind and is so just freeing is of course of course you're experiencing this of course you are feeling this of course you're in this position like it had to be because of what was you can let go of beating yourself up over it or trying to understand why or how and just accept where you fit in that process and how it's impacted you. So what do you do next with that? So along with self-awareness, we do do quite a bit of self-acceptance because kind of like you said, you can't 
do anything with it if you are not accepting of where you're at and you're not accepting of the reality mm-hmm. that of course you are where you are, right? Mm-hmm. You're not ex- if you're not accepting of the challenges you may face, then you cannot address those challenges. Mm-hmm. So self-acceptance is huge. Um, I like to think of it too, as like if you are aware of where you are on a map, right? You're mm-hmm. at one point in the world and you're trying to go somewhere else. You have to be aware of where you are. But you also have to accept it because maybe you're on the continent of South America and you're trying to get to Asia. Mm -hmm. You're aware of that. Then you have to accept it and know, okay, I guess I got to buy a plane ticket to get there. I can't just Mm -hmm. get in the car and drive because there's not a bridge that takes you there. So I like Mm -hmm. that kind of analogy of we have to accept it (laughs) so that we can move forward from it. Um, and, And also accept that like it's not a process of like figuring it out completely. Like it's that's not the point, right? So the framework follows the acronym SHINE. The self-awareness, self-acceptance is our S. And then we move into honoring. That is really this gratitude for what you have in your life, but also for yourself. And gratitude is something that is very powerful. When we can be grateful for the things that we have, when we can be grateful for the things that we bring to the world, we can approach things from just this different lens and this different angle. Um, it is also important to know that we can't hold on to the gratitude and make it a kind of an excuse not to put effort into ourselves, not to put effort into changing things because we can hold gratitude simultaneously with feeling ick about things, right? We can hold gratitude simultaneously with really deeply desiring change, mm-hmm. whether that's change in our environment and our situation or change within ourselves. So we can be grateful for what we have and for all the pieces of our life and for everything we bring mm-hmm. while also acknowledging that there are things that we want to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really like to cover all of that when we kind of get into gratitude, but I think laying that foundation of like, what is working? What is going good? It's important because a lot of times we get so caught up in, and for good reasons, but we get so caught up in like, everything is hard. Everything sucks. Everything is wrong. I'm not doing anything good. And it's like, let's reframe this and think about what actually is going good. That can be hard if you're not being intentional about it, if you're not creating that space because there usually is a lot going on in our mm-hmm. lives. And so if we're not being intentional about creating that space to experience gratitude, then it's it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It gets overshadowed with all the other things. So that is kind of the step two. I love how you brought up the fact that we shouldn't use it as an excuse to not grow and how there is space for both. Just echoing back what you said, you can be grateful and want it to change. Mm-hmm or want it to grow or evolve. And I mean, change is the only constant, right? Like mm-hmm. we should be expecting that. So yeah, I I think there's a lot of like toxic positivity that comes into mm-hmm. our lives sometimes where it's like, oh, just be grateful. Yep. And I call that like toxic gratitude where, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll be working with a mom and she'll be an explaining the situation. <laughs> yeah, I totally do. I love it. Um, it's a huge thing because when I work with moms and when, I mean, you probably can see this in your own life when someone's like, quote, complaining about something and they have to preface it with like, I'm, I'm so grateful for my kids. And like, I, you know, I would do anything for them, mm-hmm. but oh my goodness, blah, 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 blah. Like this happened. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously like, it's okay that we say those things, yeah. but oftentimes we can use that like first part of like, 
I'm so grateful for my kids. I want them so bad. And like, I would never do anything like, or I would never wish them away or whatever, but I'm just so stressed and I feel so horrible and I just wish I could run away. And it's like, okay, we don't have to say that we know you're grateful. Yeah. We know you love your kids. And like, that does not take away from the fact that like you're struggling right now Mm -hmm. and that you have those feelings of like, I just want to run away. It's like, let's talk about that. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times we can kind of get that gratitude in there as like a a qualifier Mm -hmm. and we don't need to qualify our experiences. We don't need to qualify what we're feeling. Like your feelings are valid and we are human. We are complex. We can have um, multiple, we can have many, many different complex feelings at once. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think working on that, I think as women, we tend to I know as women, we tend to say sorry for things. We tend to um, justify things. We tend to just constantly be validating our experiences through the words that we share and making sure no one's judging us. And there's a lot of reasons for that. It's not an individual thing, right? That's Mm -hmm. a societal thing. But practicing not using gratitude as an excuse, I think, can be be really powerful. And just being aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it is toxic positivity and toxic gratitude. Just being introduced into your life, like the concept of it, can really change the way you navigate because we do often use positivity or gratitude along with our struggles and it dismisses and invalidates it and we're doing it ourselves right from the beginning you're entering a conversation where you're telling everything that's fine and great and that you love and then following up with something maybe you need help or support with the message isn't being delivered quite the same Mm -hmm. and I think it also is just received differently it's received differently and it also feels different to you it really Mm -hmm. does dismiss what you're saying Mm-hmm. it feels that way we our brains know what we're saying right like our our bodies know what we're saying mm-hmm. and it really does it really can invalidate our experiences when we are trying to justify why we shouldn't feel that way but we still do right yeah so the next step in the framework is imagine and this is really like creating that vision for how you want to feel in motherhood and it's not like you choose one feeling and <laughs> Okay, I want to feel happy all the time. No. But it's really like understanding when you show up in your life, how do you want to feel? I know for me, I want to be able to feel like all the feelings and be able to give myself space to feel all the feelings, right? I also want to feel in control of certain parts of my life. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about things like that, like, how do you want to feel? Um, And knowing that we can kind of create a vision around that, we can create this, like, understanding of where we want to go, what we want to work towards in our lives. Um, When you are feeling like you're constantly not getting enough time for yourself and you feel guilty and you're just kind of stuck in these patterns, having that vision of where you want to go to Mm -hmm. is really important. And it doesn't have to be like some really rigid imaginary (laughs) land, right? But just like grounding it in how you want to feel. Like what is happening now that I I don't want in my life? Mm -hmm. And knowing that we can work towards 
that vision, but you have to have that vision before you can work towards it. So we do a lot of work with just, yeah, really understanding the feelings that are coming up that are causing harm in your life and why that is, why those feelings are coming up and how we can kind of work towards something where you're feeling better and you're feeling more like lighter, right? And feeling just more in control of things and it's not like life's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And like maybe you have a direction too. Because yeah. I, I hear you talking about how important the vision is. And if you don't know what you're aspiring to do or be or how you're aspiring to show up in the world, like what's your guiding light there? Exactly. And a lot of times then that guiding light ends up being like you, you might just default to this perfect mom, right? That yep. doesn't exist. And that's, I think, a lot of what gets us stuck in the first mm-hmm. place. We have to really clearly define for ourselves how we want to show up in our life in a way that's like realistic. Like mm-hmm. what is a realistic way to show up? You don't want to be happy all the time. Like mm-hmm. that's not real. And so getting clear on that, like exposing what the vision actually is can be really powerful. Because otherwise it's going to get filled in, like those blanks are going to get filled in yep. with what society tells you like oh you know if you don't have a hobby if you don't have interests well your house and your children are now and Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that's an easy way to just like default to the default and it's also advocating for yourself you know Mm -hmm. to have hobbies to have breaks to have time for yourself even shows that you binge like that's advocating for yourself that's saying i'm taking this time to do something for me something that only i enjoy with no benefit other than i enjoy it and i'm going to enjoy it totally and giving that really intentional space to think about that (laughs) and talk about that right it's (laughs) like it's so powerful and it's it's kind of fun too it can be like i don't know what i want and then getting (laughs) to like uncover that yeah um we don't a lot of times we don't let ourselves think about that Mm-mm. there's just there's not so room much for it pressure to have an answer like I just think about in school like trying to find mm-hmm. a career and know what you want to do and know like you we've had so much pressure on us from such a young age to know who we are and what we want in life and how can you possibly know like my experience in my life has changed just becoming a mother and then becoming a mother of two like you can't prepare you can do your best but you can't Mm -hmm. know what you don't know to walk into it with an expectation that you're going to know already what the outcome is like you should have that guiding light but I feel like I just contradicted the point somehow no how did I end up doing that (laughs) I feel like you were I feel like you were right on it okay cool 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 (laughs) (laughs) like getting to create that vision from a place of like freedom and revisiting it, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a lot of times it's like, yeah, you had to come up with this vision and then you just, you're going now and then you have kids and now the vision's off of what you thought it was going to be. But like, when do you stop mm-hmm. and think about it? And not like, again, not, it's not setting it in stone, but it's thinking about like, what do I want? What do I need? What, what is the, what am I working towards? And not mm-hmm. that it's like working towards some end goal, but like, what what is going on in my life what do i want to be aiming towards how do i want to feel how do i want to show up and the behaviors i want to be displaying and the habits and what that looks like in everyday life and really modeling that for ourselves yeah i love that what comes after imagine we've got an end after 
Yes, after the I, we have the N of shine, which is nurturing. And this is where a lot of the kind of deep mindset work happens. And I'll just share one of the things that we tend to focus on a lot, which is kind of reframing feelings of mom guilt. So we've done some of the work on why that mom guilt is coming up, what's happening, you know, the awareness of ourselves and the context, but really understanding on a deeper level the values and what standards we're holding ourselves to. And then I really like to do kind of thought management work. So that is where we kind of dissect a specific thought. So I'll just give kind of an example of what that can look like. Oftentimes it'll be, you know, uh, something that a mom does and it'll involve her kids and a thought comes up like, I'm such a bad mom. Mm-hmm. and we've all felt it <laughs> we we all have right and again sometimes that value like sometimes whatever happened there may be something where okay is this guilt mine mm-hmm. like is this something that I actually have a value for and being if it is right if it's if the the guilt is something like I just yelled at my kid and mm-hmm. I don't want to do that then being able to kind of reframe that of like not such a shameful thought and using that the the reframed thought as a way to work towards something else can be really powerful but oftentimes what happens is we're like I'm such a bad mom because my kid wants to play with me right now and I'm doing something and don't want to play with them and that makes me a bad mom and so getting into that digging into the thought I'm a bad mom and why that thought is happening and what values are at play there Mm -hmm. and understanding like do I always need to be available to my child maybe that's not something that you feel like needs to happen if you really Mm -hmm. think about it really getting into what thought is behind those icky guilty feelings and then starting to reframe the thought like Mm -hmm. actually changing the thought will then lead to a different impact and a different result for yourself right and that's very oversimplifying the process but complicated process it's a very complicated process and it's something you have to practice a lot to be able to do in your life Mm -hmm. Um, but so we really like get into it we get into like one singular experience Mm -hmm. and break it down and start to understand the pieces of it and it's amazing the realizations people sometimes have like oh actually that experience that just happened with my kid I was actually showing them how to have boundaries like Mm -hmm. I can reframe this completely and a lot of times like the things that we feel guilty about our kids don't even they don't bat an eye they're like you don't want to play with me right now okay I want to go like it's not it's not necessarily even I mean you know obviously that's not always the case but a lot of times it's like things that didn't even affect them in the first place yeah that we just like internalize and so Mm -hmm. we will get into it we like break it down talk about like what results from changing the thought and things like that and it's just a really like awesome experience to really nurture that change really Mm -hmm. nurture the way that you think about things the way you experience things again it's not breaking all those habits like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna go away because guilt has a function right And so it's not about trying to never feel guilty about things. It's about trying to understand why and then really working to reframe those feelings of guilt that like they're not yours. So that is that's the in. There's a lot more to it also. Like, you know, we do a lot of other types of just getting into things, but it's really where we get into the the thoughts and the experiences and talk about like what's really going on. I mean, it's unpacking, right? Like Mm -hmm. I just pictured you helping somebody like (laughs) unpack a suitcase and one by one being like, (laughs) one by one being like, do you need this? And Mm -hmm. what is its purpose? Where did you get this? Where did you pick this up? And what's it made of? And then, you know, like rearranging everything back in so it fits in a much more orderly fashion. 
and much more containable fashion. And I think that's where true change and transformation lies. Like you can't just put a pretty filter or mask or habit or mindset on your life and expect it to change. You have to unpack all of this and you have Mm -hmm. to really assess it and you have to take the time to do that deep inner growth, which can be really hard. So like, what do you do in that period for somebody who's not yet seeing the progress that they want? They're in the weeds. What do you tell them to get you through to your next step? So I I will kind of mention the next stage is experience. Mm -hmm. It's the experiencing how this fits into your life. Again, it's not like, oh, we've achieved the vision. Now we're good to go. But it's understanding how we can build in practices in our life to kind of keep these things front of mind. A big thing that ends up happening, and this is kind of in the nurturing phase, but it's something that then leads to like the experience of like how you move past this this Mm -hmm. framework, right? And that is setting boundaries. A lot of times we practice like setting a clear boundary and it can be really small, but it's like actually doing something that maybe impacts other people in your life. So Mm -hmm. I had a client one time, it was like, okay, my partner is going to do bath time once a week and I'm going to go upstairs and have a full hour. I'll set a timer. And the the partner was all on board of that, right? Like that was a, they're like, yeah, totally. This will be, and the kids loved it. It was like, yeah bath time with daddy and for this this mom that was like so out of her comfort zone Mm -hmm. so out of her comfort zone but she did it and then we got to talk about it we got to talk about the thoughts that came up and so really like working with a very concrete situation obviously not all the thoughts that come up are super concrete Mm -hmm. it's oftentimes not something that's like a change it's just a reaction or you know whatever like Mm -hmm. but if we can kind of bring some of it to these really concrete things a lot of times the transformation is more clear Mm -hmm. right it's like oh I did that everything was fine and I'm still feeling a lot of guilt about it Mm -hmm. we work through it it doesn't mean the guilt goes away but just the progress then to like be like oh yeah the next like Mm -hmm. over the weekend something happened and I ended up leaving the house for an hour and that's Mm -hmm. not something I ever would do but I did and it wasn't for work or anything it was just for me Mm-hmm. to go meet up with someone and to see that that progress mm-hmm. for me is really cool but for them right to see like oh I, I can think through this and I can kind of mm-hmm. talk myself out of these patterns because that's really what it is we get stuck in these patterns of thinking we're not aware we don't see where to interject it's like no you actually have tools mm-hmm. to be able to like stop this pattern of thinking mm-hmm. that's not doing anyone any good yeah, it's, it's not. not something you actually believe. It's not the truth. And getting to see that again, it doesn't make it so that it's just not a problem anymore, but it can be very validating in mm-hmm. the work that's being done, that nurturing work to see it kind of play out in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really a lot of it. Just having those conversations too, mm-hmm. getting to kind of unpack that shame, just putting it out on the, the surface and being like, okay, someone's looking at that shame and mm-hmm. I'm here and okay. Like, they're not rejecting me. They're not blasting it for the world or judging yes. me. Or Yeah. And I find that like that oftentimes that feeling again, even if it's not changing everything in your life, it's not even making these big changes. Just like knowing that mm-hmm. can be super powerful and it feels powerful. Something I thought of too, that may or may not fit into the experience is again, like the power of community. Like that's 
a mm-hmm. woven thread through that's weaving through everything that we're talking about but like to show up in service for other moms too like i think of how healing it is for me even just to get on facebook and see a mom asking a question I get so much perspective realizing like, oh, I know an answer or, oh, I have a tip. And the confidence that it gives me to realize like, oh, I have some tools and here is a tool and I'm giving it to somebody else. Like you're not only just applying it, now you are now passing that knowledge along and you're teaching it, which is a whole, you know, that's a different experience in and of itself too, which I think is beautiful and why we all need community and we need other mothers and other women to talk to and that's one of my favorite things about your podcast you your focus is worthy mother and you amplify so many voices i would love to hear why you think it's so important to amplify voices of mothers and women in general. So we touched on shame and we touched on how shame kind of lives in silence, thrives in silence. And for me in my own like motherhood experience and dealing with mental health and just, I mean, I could, it goes back to before being a mom. I really felt a lot of shame growing up. I don't know why. I, you know, it's something that I try and kind of unpack, but I really like that was a thread through my life, just feeling ashamed of things, really feeling like I had to be this good girl and that, I mean, just a lot of shame, mm-hmm. right? And as I became an adult and became, you know, I, I became more open with talking about things and realizing that if you do talk about things and share, first of all, there's connection that can be made with other people who are experiencing Mm -hmm. those things that can limit shame. But even just the act of sharing something, like even Mm -hmm. if no one's reciprocating that, Mm -hmm. it takes the shame out of the dark. And it really like, it's a profound impact. Mm -hmm. Obviously then, you know, there's responses people can have that can cause more shame and things like that. So it's not as simple as just like sharing takes the shame away. But that was very much a part of my experience, like Mm -hmm. becoming an adult and understanding that like, oh, I can share my experiences Mm -hmm. and share my thoughts. And that actually feels pretty damn good. When I became a mom, I, my anxiety got pretty bad and it was, you know, not, not fantastic. I always dealt with anxiety and things like that, but it, it just, it was, it was rough. And then I had my second son and that was during the pandemic, which I know like anyone who has mothered through the pandemic knows there were complications. I mean, there were complications for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And I ended up just getting really bad anxiety that was manifesting very differently than what we're screened for, right? With Mm -hmm. postpartum anxiety and depression, it was very different than like what you, when you look at postpartum anxiety, what typically comes up of like not being able to sleep, being constantly worried about the baby. That happened a lot with my first son. That didn't happen so much with my second son. And I wasn't like extremely depressed. It was really like, it felt more like anxiety with some depression, but it was like, what is going on? Why do I feel like this? And pretty quickly after that, I, there were some influencers on Instagram that I followed Mm -hmm. that had had kids around the same time. It was a couple different people. There were different issues that they were dealing with as individuals that they were sharing about. One of the things that I saw was someone who was having anxiety that was coming out very similarly Mm -hmm. to the way that my postpartum anxiety was coming about. It gave me like language to use, Mm -hmm. like seeing them talk about that gave me language to use um, in 
expressing my experience, Mm -hmm. which just having language to use and having like a point of reference Mm -hmm. can allow you to Google things. It can allow Mm -hmm. you to talk to your doctor. It can allow you to advocate for yourself, even when screenings are not catching things. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was huge. One thing I remember someone saying was that they were touched out and I was like, what what does that mean? (laughs) What does Mm -hmm. touched out mean? And I Googled it and was like, oh my God, what? Like that disgusted feeling I feel Mm -hmm. when my child leans on me after I've been holding the baby all day and Mm -hmm. like breastfeeding and not having any space to myself, that like horrific feeling I feel, oh, that's like a thing. That's a normal normal. thing that people experience. (laughs) And there's a word for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just things like that. There was a lot of that in the first few months after my second son was born, where I was like seeing things, consuming things that were actually like opening my worldview in a way that changed my postpartum experience and the way Mm -hmm. that I was able to seek support for myself and advocate for myself. So it, I mean, that really is what kind of led me to creating my own platform of having conversations about things in a really open way, sharing experiences. Um, My podcast is not about parenting. I am not a parenting expert at all. Like that's just not what I focus on, right? But it is about the motherhood experience and the experience of being a woman and raising children in this world Mm -hmm. (laughs) and understanding that we go through a lot, that we're kind of connected with this kind of universal threat. All of our experiences are different. But we all exist in the same world, right? Mm -hmm. And we're all influenced by the world we exist in. And so that is my very long answer for why I was so inspired to like bring conversations forward and just talk about things like giving the space to share our experiences and for others to like listen to experiences because it's huge. Mm -hmm. And also I really like talking. It's like such a joy, right? Being here and connecting and things. So that's the other part of it is like, it's, I mean, that's part of, I just love it. Right. Finding, you know, your power and identity totally is. is having a voice and not everybody needs to be talkative, but being able to use it and speak it. And I love that you brought up having the language to talk about what you need. I think that even just sitting in community, mm-hmm. if you don't participate, if you don't talk, if you're anonymous, it doesn't matter. Like you're still absorbing and gaining from that experience. And yeah, I just, and that is one of the things I love about your podcast. I can go to it when I'm needing that sense of community. I get very lonely, the military life, and it helps to go seek out places where women are talking about the things that I'm experiencing and they're putting language or even just a new visual for me, Mm -hmm. lightening the load by telling me like, yeah, I, I experienced that too, or giving me knowledge as to why I'm experiencing that. Like I could just go on and on about the benefits, but I know that we have so much more that we're going to be talking about and so many more fun projects in the works. There's even a section we didn't get to. So we'll be talking and interviewing very soon, probably. You know where to find me. <laughs> and our listeners will too, because I will have that all linked in. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so inspired and feeling much lighter myself, less mom guilt for being in here for a couple of hours with you and hoping that anybody who stepped away to listen to this is also going to be able to walk away guilt-free. 
Well, thank you for having me here. And I just, I love being in your presence and I'm so happy to get to be a part of just what a beautiful podcast you've created. I hope today's episode was insightful, empowering, and is sending you off with some tools to tackle mom guilt. You can find Emily on Instagram at honestlyemilyrose and by searching for The Worthy Mother wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning into the episode today, and I will see you next time.